0: Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. for Ernie. I'm Monty, and we're ready to go, gang. This is a packed show. So much to cover today. There's so much going on, Ernie. We're not even going to spend a whole lot of time with the President's Cup. Something that I know that you like. The USA hangs on 17 and a, and a half to 12 and a half over the international team. Um, don't have time to talk about that because we've got a lot of football. We've got some NBA to talk about. Right. What I want to start with, though, gang, is University of Hawaii Rainbow Warrior football. <laughs> they went on the road to play New Mexico State. And gang, if you follow ESPN or if you were listening to what was going on, uh, this week ESPN comes out with their bottom 10 ranked teams in the country. And the worst team in the country, according to them, was New Mexico State. The second worst team was Hawaii. And they were going to play each other. And New Mexico State was giving four and a half. And at the end of the game, Ernie, I think it is safe to say that the University of Hawaii is the new bottom team as New Mexico jumps out New Mexico state jumps out to a 35-10 lead right. goes on to roll Hawaii 45 to 26 so for those you those of us that are Hawaii fans both of us are alumni of the university it's going to be a long year i honestly Ernie at this point i don't expect uh to win another game i think they're staring down the barrel of a 1-11 season yeah and
1: it's 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 sad to to see this because we, you know when we were going to the University of Hawaii, they were very prominent, uh, putting out NFL prospects even at that time, and to see how it how it's developed uh, into its current state, where it's it's sad enough that if you're a Hawaii fan, that only nine thousand fans can fit in your stadium because you're we're do, they're doing a reconstruction project on the the old stadium, but. This is going to be very hard to dig out of, in my opinion. I mean, you're loo- your your record is by by itself is losing fan support. Uh, you can't really put a product out there that uh, can ju- uh, at least generate more interest because you're limiting the capacity of the stadium itself. You know, some people they just go to the games because of you know of the tailgating and whatnot, the camar- camaraderie, and you're limited to nine thousand right now. And you can't tailgate. And you can't. There's no tailgating allowed. It's sad.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it really is. And and I and I totally agree with you from this perspective. There's a lot of clamoring. There was a lot of clamoring when Timmy Chang was hired. That maybe they should have gone in the direction of June Jones. There was a lot of vocal uh, support for June Jones. And even right now, some people think if June was there, we'd be doing better. I disagree. I mean, I think at this point in time, I think Timmy stepped into a horrible situation. Yes, he's a first time coach. There is some learning that's going to have to take place for him as well. But you had a situation where the previous coach was. Let go per se. I mean, he officially resigned, but he let go after so many of the players kind of revolted against him, and yeah. many of the Hawaii's best players transferred out. So those guys have left. Chevin Cordero is doing well with San Jose State. Muasau is starting at linebacker for UCLA. These guys are prospering in other places. Timmy steps into a team that's depleted, and then Ernie try to recruit a good athlete to that field with 9,000 fans. All the local kids that they're trying to recruit and the whole the hood is a wonderful thing and they're doing everything in their power to do that. But if I'm a top athlete like a Roman Wilson from St. Louis a couple years ago, Do I wanna stay home and play for 9,000 people or do I go to Michigan and play for 110,000 people? It's very difficult. Timmy's in a very unfortunate situation until we get resolution on the stadium and the stadium can be built. So if Junior here, I don't think he was gonna do any better. I think Timmy and being patient at this time, considering there's very little that can can happen, um, is the way to go. I hope he does well. Questions still remain, but for this year, Gang, we're looking at a 1-11 in season. We're going to have to just find a way to keep supporting them the best that we can, Um, but it's going to be a long year.
1: It is. All right. That's all I have to say. It's going to be a long year. it, It really is.
0: It's going to be a long year. So hopefully I'm wrong and they can pull off another win or two, but now that we entered the Mountain West season... It's going to be a challenge Our next game is at San Diego State So let's shift gears to the NBA One of the biggest stories in the world of sports This week Unfortunately revolves around Ernie's Boston Celtics The the shocking situation Surrounding coach Imi Udoka Now suspended for the entire 22-23 season For extracurricular activities Within the organization mm-hmm. A violation of team rules The Celtics come down harshly uh, And he's um, suspended for the year Ernie, that has to be something that is a, a trauma to the organization And something that's going to be disruptive Right before camp starts in a few weeks Yeah, well actually it's, it, the, Their media day is actually
1: tomorrow When this thing opens Their first practice is Tuesday So you know, in, in a matter of 48 hours This thing hits the real And um, it's sad the fact that the players Are going to come into their media day And all they're going to be asked about Is the situation you know, I still think the the Boston Celtics will fare decently in regards to uh, where they stand in their prowess. You know, in in uh, in in the NBA as 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 far as them uh, maybe being the Vegas' choice as the odds-on favorite, they probably drop a couple or maybe go down to three or four on top uh, with it, just based upon the negative publicity. But the publicity itself has is. You know, transcending sports because of the fact that Ime Doka is married to a lovable star, Nia Long. I mean, uh, and the terrible thing about this is that I think there's some legalities where information that cannot be shared because of privacy reasons. Uh, names have been dragged through the mud on Twitter on who that uh, Boston Celtics staffer is. Uh, I'm not even going to speculate because I've been reading this 24-7 over the last basically three days, and there's story after story contradicting each other. I I don't even know what's true and not true anymore. The more I I, I read into this, the more confused I get. All I can know for certain is Ime Doka did make a bad decision, and... Uh, in my opinion, the Boston Celtics, as far as putting him in a one-year suspension, that's just because of legality reasons. I really think they wanted to fire him. Ime Doka didn't step down. I think that was their anticipation that when they put him in a one-year suspension, that he would step down. He did not. Uh, maybe for financial reasons, we don't know. Uh, it's it's a mess and it's it, embarrassing.
0: No, it is, and 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 it's a shame because they just they barely lost for a world championship. He had rave reviews at leading that team to that point. They're in the foundational stages of building a consistent world championship quality right. team and and now that's all gone. And and I think we talked off the air, you know, the chances of him actually coming back right now seem to be very very remote if the celtics have any kind of a decent season with the new assistant coach that's being elevated up it's going to be hard to pull it back and give it back to him the only way he were to be able to come back is if they tanked this year for some reason and public perception in Boston clamors for him to come back. I just don't see that happening right now. I just think the inevitable, the other shoe is eventually going to drop. And it really is a shame because he is a talented coach. Yeah. And I think at some point we live in a forgiving society. He's not the only one that had extramarital you know, oh, yeah. things that happen. It's just that... In a workplace environment where there is rules about these things preventing what we all know about in the Me Too movement, uh, you just can't do these kinds of things. I think he's going to resurface somewhere eventually because he's still relatively young. But I think it's a big disruption to the Celtics. It remains to be seen if it's a big loss. I My gut tells me it is a big loss, especially at this point in time. But I think the Celtics are talented enough and they have some strong... Leaders like a Marcus Smart and an Al Horford. Tatum and Brown are now to that point where they have to really be able to lead. So I think they are in a pretty good position to be able to sustain this. But you never want to lose your head coach. You just don't. Yeah. And the distraction for the so, first month is going to always be there. And if they do not excel, it's going to be like, that will continually be brought up. Like right. It's all Emi's fault. Um, or or the success was all Imi. And that's just not true. So hopefully yes. the Celtics will spend the training camp getting rid of this. They'll respond in a positive way and they'll be what they're expected to be. One of the top two to three NBA champion favorites for this upcoming season. Yeah. And, and like we spoke, we spoke off the air and
1: I, I I think I mentioned to you that I I hope that this galvanizes the team. Uh, there are, and I hate to put out rumors, but I'm just going to put out this one. There is a rumor out there that, uh, how this hit Woj's hand was by uh, a player, a a starter on the Boston Celtics. Uh, If you watch the press, and I watched that press conference twice, more than twice because that press conference was on other videos uh, that I watched also, but I watched just by itself, I watched the press conference twice. The Boston Celtics, which did not leak that information, that information, came from somewhere else and it was said that the the players were told two days prior to this actually hitting uh you know Woj's tweet uh and it became it it became public so uh it's it's sad I mean there's another I just don't want to get into rumors I'll leave it at that I, I really hope that's not the case because Imei was liked by his players. Now there's a, I hope that there's not a perception that a rat in the starting lineup uh, gets put out that way where, oh, you told on, you know, the guy who led us, helped lead us to the NBA finals. I hope, especially the person who everybody's pointing to the figures. I'm not even going to mention his name.
0: Well, I mean, I think eventually it would have come out. Whether it was a player that leaked the initial information to Woj or not, once they suspend them, then everything everything would have come out anyway. But but you're right. I mean, again, these are things. These are the unnecessary chemistry things that can start to eat away right. at team building, and then that can be a problem. Again, you're listening to the sports rivals with Ernie and Monty. We're gonna transition real quick into ESPN. They had their NBA rankings for the upcoming 2023 season. We're not gonna go through the whole thing, but I do want to spit out the top 10 that they had in order. I want to get Ernie's feedback on this. So here's what they had: number 10, Devin Booker, number nine, John Morant, number eight, Kevin Durant, seven, Jason Tatum, six, LeBron James, Steph Curry at five, Joel Embiid at four, Luca, three. Jokic, the two-time MVP at two, and Giannis as the number one player. Your initial reactions to that top 10? They got
1: the first two correct. <laughs> I mean, I'll take Giannis and Jokic. Jok- I mean, those basically are the, the MVPs over the last three seasons. The Jok- last four seasons. Yeah, two uh,
0: Giannis and two
1: yeah, Jokic. Ex- exactly. But Durant's got to be up there. I, I People have been saying, people who watch basketball and who commentate on basketball on a consistent basis say, this guy is the a top three player in the NBA, what dropped him down uh, to that position baffles me also LeBron LeBron being what was he eight or something like that he's That's six
0: six Durant was eight and, and LeBron is six. So. okay
1: I'll move I'll move LeBron above Curry and this is not a bias because the Golden State Warriors beat the Boston Celtics. this last season was Curry's arguably Curry's worst season in over 10 years. You know, they just have a good team and they paid for that team. I mean, they they were deep. They were deep. Curry, although uh, uh, as far as his play is concerned, uh, to me, does not deserve to be at, what was he, number four, five? Five. He's top five. Okay. Uh, he's still a top 10 player and he's a top 10 player because he performs during the clutch times and that shows that what, what, what it was in the playoffs when the boston celtics were on their way to a 3-1 lead uh with a fourth quarter lead curry turned it up you know he scored 43 points i believe he had like 10 rebounds seven three-pointers they tied up to two and that's the uh, and boston was never to be seen afterwards so that's the type of player he is i mean he can he can light it up when he needs to I mean that's the way he is. But as far as the ticks, he's 34. I don't see him getting better than he is, you know. So I, where LeBron, LeBron has to me, he he really hasn't skipped the beat. To me, that was that was uh, a Westbrook thing. That was in my part a little bit of an AD thing. Uh, LeBron is still special. I mean, the guy averaged still 30 points. 30 points. Uh, he's 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 a, he is a, a point forward. You know, so he has he has great assist numbers there. I, I can't see why he dropped, even though I'm not putting him above uh, those other people I mentioned. And to me, Ja Morant, a little bit too high in my opinion. I think he is going to be a top 10 player uh, maybe after this year. My question about him is just the fact that well, why does your team have a better record when you're not playing than when you're playing? You know, and, and we're not looking at a small sound. We're talking about... 20 plus games, you know, if 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 your team does better when you're out and make maybe a five game sample, even a 10 game sample, depending on who you're playing during those those times, uh, that can be justified. But 20 plus games that, you know, to me, the top 10 player makes your team better. Not when you're absent. And they get better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right there. I think it might be a little bit too soon for John Moran. I think in LeBron's case, and you know I'm a Laker fan, everyone, so you know I like LeBron. But I think in LeBron and Kevin Durant's case, I think what they're doing is they're predicating this based on the fact that those two guys have not been able to stay healthy for the last two years. There are some people that are like, how can Kawhi Leonard not be in the top 10? Because the guy hasn't played in 16 months. I mean, how do you put him in the top 10 when you really don't know how much they're going to play? And I think that has hurt LeBron and Kevin Durant from the standpoint of, for the entire season, if they're only going to play 50 games and miss 30, can they be more valuable than some of these other players? That remains to be seen. I still, would have Kevin Durant higher than eight. I think he would be... Uh, a fringe top five player with me but I don't have a problem with LeBron at six where he is I think he has to show the guy's in his 20th year now he's 38 he he is slowing down his body is breaking a little bit he shaved his head he went bold this week (laughs) So we'll see from there. But I have no prob- uh, problem with Giannis being number one. He has a championship. Jokic doesn't. I have no problem with Jokic, too. Luka, I was surprised, was three. I thought it was going to be someone different. I thought he would be a little lower because he doesn't play defense well. Right. He's only a one-dimensional player. And everyone else does a little bit more than he does. Um, but Luka certainly somebody that could break the all-time scoring record at the rate of... that he's scoring at the age that he is. So it's always fun. It's always a good fodder for debate. Um, But heading into NBA training camps coming up, Giannis is number one, Jokic is number two. Will one of them win an MVP for the fifth time in the last five years? Probably not. The NBA likes to do something different. Mm -hmm. This year, I have a feeling it's going to be either Luca's year or Joel Embiid's year or somebody else's year um, I don't think they'll give it to Giannis or Jokic unless they have a season for the absolute ages so That's our NBA talk for this week. Again, you're listening to the Sports Rivals with Ernie and Monty as we transition now into the NFL. And, gang, before we even get into the NFL, I want to recognize Ernie. He's such a trooper. He's struggling with some allergies today. I'm not sure if you can hear that in uh, in him. So (laughs) if he sneezes inadvertently, just roll with the punches because that's exactly what we're going to do. But we're going to head into the NFL. We're not going to talk about every single game like we have the last couple of weeks because there were so many more – Topics to, to speak of, and there's one more that I want to get back to a little bit later in regards to baseball. But Ernie, in the NFL, it started Thursday night with your Pittsburgh Steelers, another tough loss to the Cleveland Browns. Let's start there. What were your thoughts on your Steelers? Uh,
1: that Kenny Pickett should start <laughs>
0: that's that's, <laughs> that's my main
1: thing. I mean, he it, it started off well as far as the first half concerned. They you know, they go uh, they go into Cleveland, they at halftime it's 14 13. After that, Trubisky just can't muster up any offense. Three points in the you know, in the final two quarters. Uh, on the defensive side, they cannot stop the run game. Chubb runs right over them. The switch in, uh, of pace back going to Kareem Hunt. He also gets a terrific good yards per average. Uh, and then towards, towards the end, it just it basically just fizzles. It basically it it fizzles uh, as a Steeler fan I grew up having to watch the run dominate having to watch the defensive line stop the other team's run this is just not reminiscent of those past teams uh, a lot of chatter has been going out that maybe it's not Trubisky that it's the offensive coordinator I saw I was watching on uh, which is a pretty neat feature uh because it's now on amazon that they have uh the all 22 angle where you can see all 22 players on the field and that comes with the uh you know the next generation stats next gen stats so it was very interesting the good the good thing about it in my opinion was i was able to watch some of those receivers and george pickens if you watched that Thursday, made one of the most incredible catches that I've seen in the In a, in a long while, In a while. It wasn't quite Odell Beckham against the Cowboys, but it was close. It was close. But guess who was more downfield, more open, waving his hands? Chase Claypool was uncovered. And he probably, even though George Pickens made that terrific catch, if he threw to Claypool, they would have been further down the field than that. And that happened a number of times where he just focused on the receiver through to that point uh through the pass there when other receivers were open. And I, I think it's you know, this is just my opinion, but I think it's time that you gotta give Kenny Pickett a chance just to see how it does. I I really think Trubisky is playing not to win But not to lose That's that's his style
0: Well that is And I think that's what The Steelers are doing right now They're so conservative um, And they have weapons I agree I think now is the time To make the switch Although the Steelers Have already said yep. that They're not making they're the not. switch This week But now they're going to play At home against the Jets I think this would be The week to let Kenny Pickett play You know the Jets Sauce Gardner has been An amazing first round pick So far for the Jets But the Jets are the Jets. You know, the Jets are when you want to incorporate a, a young guy. But the Steelers are playing listless. And I think what it's what's happening is I think the offense is having an impact on the defense. Because <clears throat> Ernie was telling me off the air that a lot of criticism was that the defense is trying to make the big play instead of just wrapping people up. Sometimes that can happen when you feel like your offense isn't going to do anything that you have to score. So instead of making a clean tackle, you're trying to strip and scoop and score. You're trying to pick it off. You're trying to strip the ball from the quarterback instead of just taking him down. And I think you're starting to see some of that. So I think injecting Kenny Pickett and his enthusiasm and that it factor that he has this, this, this confidence that he has i think it'd be good for the team and at this point they're one and two they'll probably beat the jets with trubisky Mm -hmm. but at some point you drafted him in the first round there has to be an intent to have him play because i don't think mitch trubisky is going to be the one that leads them to the playoffs i don't so i would go to i would go to kenny pickett i think if if he stinks it up in the first half trubisky i think kenny pickett comes in in the second half um, but that remains to be seen. But it, the, this is a must win for the Steelers already. To me, it is because they have to win because they're, they're, the games following that,
1: Miami, Bills, Philadelphia, uh, that's, that, that is ridiculous. And
0: that's what I mean. Like with, with Pickett, like if you're going to bring him in, let him play the Jets first. You don't want to throw him in against the Dolphins the Bills, the Eagles, all the hard teams that have tremendous pass rushes where it's going to be even harder for him, let him get his feet wet and get some confidence against a lesser team. Or if you don't, then they may just wait it out until those three games are over and then incorporate them in. So... Never an easy answer. I mean, it's easy to be sideline quarterback, uh, sideline coaches here, but uh, Steelers at one and two, big game for them next week if they have playoff aspirations. Now, my Rams went down to Phoenix today in a game again. They just can't put a full 40... Uh, 60 minutes together they started off like gangbusters it should have been 21-0 they marched right down the field a perfect slam pass to Allen robinson who drops it that would have been a touchdown they settle for a field goal they come right back down the next time cooper cup a 20-yard run it's 10-0 they come right back down another time a perfect fade route to cooper cup who lets it go right through his hands. That should have been a touchdown. It should have been 21-0 in the first quarter, but it wasn't. It was 13-0 and lo and behold, the Cardinals kept coming back, coming back, coming back. The saving grace for the Rams was that the the Cardinals were doing everything they wanted between the 20s, but once they got to the 20, they settled for four field goals, right. and that was the difference. And then, of course, Cam Akers, who did well, scores a touchdown, 12 carries for 60-something yards. He's looking great. Fumbles the ball at the (laughs) one yard line again, reminiscent of the Tampa Bay game last year. That would have made it 27 to nine. Instead, it's 20 to nine and the Cardinals are still in it. So the Rams find a way to win. Like Sean McVay always says, a win is a win is a win and we'll take it. Now it gets really difficult as they go to San Francisco on Monday night football where the 49ers are going to be pissed because they just lost the close game on Sunday night football to the Denver Broncos who narrowly escaped with an 11 to 10 victory. 11 to 10 Ernie that's I mean there's no <laughs> offense in that game but that's that that's what's happened so in the the Rams as much as I don't think that they've done much this year they have not played really well to this point they're still two in one and in first place in the NFC West so I can't complain with that but Ernie I think we can both agree and again you're listening to the Sports Rivals with Ernie and Monty that the biggest game of the day was the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins? Right. Two 2 and 0 teams. The Bills look like they are unbeatable until today. Until today. Your thoughts on the Miami's 21 19 victory?
1: Well, I thought uh, Miami just did what was they let the game come to them, in my opinion. I mean, uh, if you're talking about this game in regards to offense, pro- offensive production, the Bills basically doubled up everything that the Dolphins did uh, as far as yards allowed 497 to 212. Uh, first downs, 31 to 15. Offensive plays, 90. 90 plays for the Bills. 39 for the Dolphins. But the Dolphins executed when they had to execute. On their three possessions that they, that they went, they, they, they had touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. 21 points. The Bills, what they did is they settled for field goals. You know They got their touchdown, but they settled for field goals. They barged all the way down. Uh, do an eighty on an 87-yard drive, and you figure if you just saw that stat line on, on, on the, I mean, that stat on the sheet, that, that was a touchdown. They had to settle for a field goal. Uh, and did they miss a 38-yard field goal? Uh, it was just what could go wrong. Not that what could go wrong did go wrong, but the most, in my opinion, the most inefficient or stat-laden, Uh, Game without producing points that I've seen from the Bills this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think think if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you're a little bit frustrated, but I think you can take solace. I was telling Ernie off the air that to me, this does not change in one bit my feeling that the Boston, uh, I mean, the Buffalo Bills are by far the number one team in the NFL. They played today without five defensive starters, including three guys in their defensive backfield. Um, it was 100 degrees, their players are cramping up offensively, they were really, really struggling with the heat, and they still could have, if not should have won, if Josh Allen doesn't one-hop the ball to a wide-open Isaiah McKenzie on fourth down. Um, but that being said, great confidence booster for the Miami Dolphins, who have been humiliated by the Buffalo Bills time and time again over the last few years. Tua just looks confident, and he made the plays when it counted. Two touchdown runs, only one touchdown pass that he had. Um, but that pass to Waddle down the seam, that 40-something-yard mm-hmm. pass that mm-hmm. led to Chase Edmonds' touchdown that gave the Miami Dolphins the league was something that was just beautiful. His first touchdown was a laser with three Buffalo Bills around them. He played with so much confidence, big scare. At the end of the first half, he goes down, he stands up, he's woozy, uh, he gets taken out for the remainder of the half, comes back controversially because the NFLPA is going to be investigating how, in fact, he did come back in the game, but did enough and made no mistakes to pull off this victory, despite the fact that the punter punted it off (laughs) <laughs> the guy is Okole and out of bounds in the, in the, towards they, the end of they the game. They wanted to get a safety. I'm telling you, they wanted to get the safety. Oh, my goodness. That made it a field goal could have beat them. Uh, and it was funny. I mean, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, it's not funny. But when you saw the video of Ken Dorsey's reaction when they didn't get the ball stopped to have a last play, he went Tom Brady in the booth throwing everything everywhere, pounding stuff. A former Miami Hurricane Showing his true colors there <laughs> Gotta love that Ken Dorsey So Congratulations to Miami They're now 3-0 and They're in the lead Only two undefeated teams Left in the NFL Earning the Miami Dolphins At 3-0 and And the Philadelphia Eagles At 3-0 and Well the Giants play tomorrow They're 2-0 and the um oh, yeah, the Giants. Oh yeah, the Giants. Yeah, that's true. The Giants do play tomorrow. They're 2-0, so they have a chance to go to 3-0. My goodness, I didn't even really. Well, consider no one, the no Giants. one,
1: that, that's that's a surprise.
0: That's why. That certainly is a that certainly is a surprise. Now, speaking of surprises or any, the Jacksonville Jaguars go into SoFi Stadium. You know, Justin Herbert insists on playing with the fractured rib cartilage and the Jags 38-10 route. Of the Chargers, just a complete demolition. The whole game. It, it, it was, and it, it's it's sad to see. I, I and I like
1: the San Diego Chargers. That was actually my my dad's favorite team. So I grew up, uh, you know, semi liking them uh, be, before I became a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. But they're looking really like the Cleveland Browns. Uh, during their championship uh, preseason championship runs where they were picked to go to the Super Bowl. Very talented team on paper. But to lose games like this, falling down to one and two to open up the season is very disappointing. I know they are injured, but good teams find ways to win. And getting blown out by... uh, what was at least most recently a a perennial cellar dweller I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are a good team right now especially that defense but still this should have been something in my opinion that the San Diego Chargers should
0: have taken care of you see Ernie still refers to them as the San Diego Chargers. That's right. (laughs) And that's because they're the Los Angeles Chargers, but we don't want to admit that they're sharing the same stadium as the Los Angeles Rams. I agree. I mean, they are beat up. In fairness to them, Bolsa goes down injured today. Ronnie Staley went down injured. They already lost Corey Lindsley. There's three starting offensive linemen that's out, and you lose Bolsa. Keenan Allen has been out. But Ernie's right. That 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 is a, it's a viable reason why it's a little bit more difficult. But 38-10, that that doesn't explain it. No. And what was perplexing is that down 38-10, Justin Herbert is still in the game, that's, that's, which is complete ridiculousness. Yeah. I mean, it's like they had a uh, a death wish for him there. So, Jacksonville looks to me, Ernie, through the first three games, the favorite in the AFC South. They clearly <laughs> seem like the best team. Their defense is legit. They're shutting teams down. Trevor Lawrence seems so comfortable. He really seems comfortable orchestrating that offense. No turnovers. He's super efficient. Christian Kirk looks to be worth the money that they paid him. I didn't think that. So, that was something that I thought was a, a, a surprise snoozer of a game was the tampa bay green bay game slugfest if you like that ends 14 12 tom brady still has no weapons there in tampa bay um so they drop to two and one green bay goes to two and one and that's, and that's the way it goes. So, we're not going to go, like I said, through every single game. Instead, we're going to shift into our top five rankings. And we're going to start with Ernie's top five. Because I feel like during the course of telling you who we have as our top fives, we'll, we'll kind of cover some of the other games that happened today. So, Ernie, let it rip. What do you got in your top five? Yeah, okay, I'll start with my number five
1: team. Uh, last week, it's, it's unchanged from last week. That's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, in my opinion, uh, even though they lost today, they were all they were without their top two wide receivers. Uh, now, in my opinion, uh, you know Tom Brady uh, still is looking to find uh, that number one target with Mike Evans out. I think Russell Gage, who had 12 catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown, uh, did fairly well to fill that position. But it. And I believe that if Mike Evans played today and if Julio Jones played today, that the, that the team would have scored way more points than they, they produced today. Just because, you know, there's, there, there's more options for Brady. Brady was just so frustrated. I mean, when he got sacked, three linemen tried to help him out. He refused all help. He got up on his own. Uh, not that he blamed the offensive line for getting sacked, he just had really he didn't have nobody to throw to. So I believe even though the Tampa Bay Bucks lost this week, they're still at two and one. I would put them. I would pick them over a lot of other two and one teams. My number four team is also a number uh, a team that lost today. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. Boy, they did that uh, in unreal fashion. Uh, I still believe that they. You know they, you know they were my number one team last week. Again, for the same reason, Tampa Bay is up there at two and one. I don't think they fall off my top ten list. They're still a uh, with Patrick Mahomes and you know all those weapons, Travis Kelsey, and then on there's they're still uh, a force to be reckoned with. I have them as my number four. And to continue the the trend, another team that lost today, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I can't let them drop out of my top five. They. Uh, really from an offensive standpoint, dominated uh, their game against uh, the, the Miami Dolphins, you know, double, like I mentioned earlier, doubling up on every offensive category, on most offensive categories, but still finding a way to lose. Uh, I'll take those odds on most any other week and having them win than today having them lose. So they're my number three. My number two and my number one teams are both undefeated. I have the Philadelphia Eagles up there. I'm eating crow right now. I don't. I never thought that Jalen Hurts uh, would be uh, played this well. The guy just has confidence, though. He has confidence, and he has the reason why he has confidence is because that offensive line is like not letting any pressure get to him. Uh, He sits there, he makes confident throws. uh, When nothing is developing there, he'll use his leg to get out there. And that defense for Philadelphia is for real. They're three and all, they're number two for me. Miami Dolphins, number three last week, the number one and number two uh, teams from last week, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills vacated their spot. They move into the number one position. Even though I think Miami will lose uh, is a lesser team than the Buffalo Bills, I just cannot put a team like the Miami Dolphins uh, behind the team that they beat.
0: So okay that, so that's I mean that sound, that sounds like a good list. You have Miami one, Philadelphia two, Buffalo three, The Chiefs four and Tampa Bay five. So I will I will start with mine, uh, and I'm going to completely contradict some of what Ernie just said. But the teams are pretty much the same. I'll start at number five. I have the Kansas City Chiefs still at number five. I believe today was an aberration. They basically lost because their kicker is hurt. Their kicker should be back next week. The backup kicker missed an extra point. The backup kicker missed a 34 yard field goal. That led to the Chiefs doing some stupid things. a field goal on fourth and 10 that they didn't make it going for it on fourth down when they had another field goal attempt that and they didn't make that so i think they pressed a little bit too much compensating for the kicker i believe that they're clearly the best team in the afc west that we both thought were going to be the best uh division in football i think the chiefs they're at number five at four i have the ravens the ravens bounce back um, from that historic fourth quarter loss to the Miami Dolphins last week. They went up to Foxborough and defeated the Patriots relatively handily. Uh, Lamar with another brilliant game, four touchdown passes, a touchdown run. Um, and they scored on New England, which no one else really has been able to do so mm-hmm. far. So their offense is still clicking. Little concerned about their defense, though. They did pick off Mac Jones three times. He, they did injure him on the last play of the game. Um But still, the Patriots were able to put up points on the Ravens. That's my only concern. I have them at three. I mean, at four. At three, I have the Miami Dolphins. Despite the fact that they uh, beat the Buffalo Bills today, I believe that... I'm not saying that they were lucky this week or last week, but I believe that they did what was necessary to win. They rose to the occasion and they beat... Two good teams at Baltimore and the Buffalo Bills. But I think in both cases, I think for the when you look at the game objectively, my eyes tell me that they're not the better team, but I have them there at number three at three and all the Eagles at uh, two at three and all for the reasons you said they've been extremely impressive. They were they had a close game against the Detroit Lions, although most of the game they were way up. They let Detroit close the gap at the end, but they're putting up points and their defense has played brilliant the last two weeks especially last week against the Vikings completely shutting down the Vikings um, bringing back Monday Night Kirk and dominating them they're 3-0 and they look really good right now they look like the class of the NFC at this point in time Buffalo is still number one for me I think they're Still the best team in football. They played without five defensive starters today. They played in 100 degree heat. They dominated. Ernie ran off the stats. They dominated all statistical categories except the one that really mattered the scoreboard. Um, but I still believe that they're the best team. So we're Ernie, and it's totally legitimate that it's hard to put a team behind a team that just beat them. I'm going to do that. You know, I I totally understand what Ernie's doing. But for me, my eye test tells me Buffalo is better. Buffalo will have a chance to play Miami in in Buffalo a little bit later. And I'm guessing that one, I wouldn't want to be the Dolphins in in that particular game. So that's my top five. So we have the exact same teams, slightly different order, except for one. Mm -hmm. I have the Ravens. You still have Tampa Bay. I love Tampa Bay. Their defense is playing brilliant. But at some point there has to be some offense, and I'm not even sure these guys can stay healthy. Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, their offensive line's a mess. Mike Evans was suspended today, so he'll be back, but everybody else has history of injuries, so there's no guarantee they're ever going to be healthy, and until they can show me that their offense is going to be healthy, I have them out of my top five because Tom Brady is killing me in my fantasy football team. (laughs) He's not getting me any points. So that's where we are with our top five. So we're going to transition into our picks. Ernie had a great pick, but before Before we do that, again, you're listening to Ernie and Monty. We're known as the sports rivals. And Ernie, you went 2-0, two easy plays with the Ravens beating New England and the Bengals handling the Jets. My picks that I threw out there both lost. I had Buffalo over Miami. They lost. I had Tampa minus one over Green Bay. They lost. So I go 0-2 this week. Um, Where do we go this week? Okay, for my first pick, I'm going to go with... The Jets at the
1: Steelers, Steelers are three and a half point favorites in this game. Uh, Joe Flacco started the season uh, on hitting on all cylinders, uh, you know, beating the Baltimore Ravens the week prior. Uh, today, he came back down to earth as far as it, on, on the, the, the statistical uh, categories. Uh, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Three fumbles. Yeah, I got to believe that's the, that's the true oil You know, the first, the, the first two weeks were basically an aberration. The Pittsburgh Steelers, even without TJ Watt, can still bring the, the pass rush. Uh, I think they fixed uh, the defense a little bit, and they played better this week. I like the Steelers at home minus three and a half for my second game i'm going with the chiefs and the uh going to tampa bay my number five team i really think julio jones and mike evans when they return next week makes a world of a difference i looked at tom brady's face today and he looked disgusted he looked disgusted he's gonna be firing up that squad the chiefs in my opinion although they are a great team uh, they don't have defense. I think the Bucs can score on top of that. I think the Bucs can slow down the Chiefs uh, uh, in this particular game. Tom Brady makes a comeback at the end. Take the Bucks plus one.
0: Okay. okay. All right, so the Steelers minus three and a half over the Jets. Tampa Bay plus one over KC. Just saw something uh, uh, over ESPN that says that it looks like Zach Wilson will be the quarterback for the Jets against the Steelers Bring them on. next weekend, which Bring would be even on. probably better yeah, under yeah. the circumstances because he hasn't played, played in a while. in a couple of months since he hurt his knee. Um, but irregardless, I'd like your picks. Uh, the the Tampa Bay KC one, that's a iffy one for me because, again, Tampa Bay has to prove that they can – Um, That they can score but both teams coming off losses. So one of these two teams are going to be two and two uh, After next week. So here's where I'm going with mine I'm gonna take the New York Giants Minus two and a half over the Chicago Bears the Giants haven't played yet So assuming gang that no one gets hurt in the Monday night football game tomorrow night I look for the Giants to be able to beat Chicago who is two and one with absolutely no offense whatsoever. Khalil Herbert went for 157 yards today. Justin Fields is under 50%, yet the Bears are finding ways to win. I believe that that does not happen next week. Uh, I think the Giants will be able to beat the Bears by a field goal or more. And then the other one, although it pains me to say this, But my Rams going to San Francisco, (laughs) we struggle with San Francisco and the best of times. We've lost six straight regular season games to them. We did beat them when it mattered in the NFC championship game. But they have our number in the regular season. And I think the fact that they lost today makes it even worse because they're not going to want to go to one and three. They're going to be playing with desperation, just like they did last year when they started off struggling. I expect the San Francisco 49ers to be able to cover the two points. Right now, it's San Francisco minus two against the Rams. The Rams just are not clicking yet. Yeah. Um, Trent Williams got hurt today. If he's out, then that makes it a little bit better for my Rams. But still, uh, Debo has dominated the Rams. George Kittle is back. Wilson is playing well. Garoppolo is there. Uh, I think the 49ers are going to find a way to cover the spread, although I could not be happier if I lose that pick. <laughs> Gang, it's all business. We're, when we give you picks, it's strictly business. You know, it's it's uh, personal thoughts go to the wayside so again Ernie let's recap Pittsburgh minus three and a half over the Jets for you Tampa Bay plus the one over Kansas City right I got the Giants laying two and a half at home over Chicago and the Niners laying two at home over the Rams on Monday night football speaking of Monday night football it is Dallas and the Giants in a game tomorrow Cooper Rush's second game do the Giants go three and oh can they handle Michael Parsons, or does Cooper Rush lead Dallas to another victory?
1: Yeah, and that's the biggest wild card. How does Cooper Rush play? Last week, he played not a great, spectacular game. Uh, he played within himself in regards to that matter. Uh, Dallas is able to pull off the victory. I think if Cooper Rush gets a little bit ahead of himself uh, in, re- in, in regards to uh, his ability to, to manage this game, if he makes the mistakes, uh, it's going to be a long day. Uh, And it it really, he is basically the wild card. If he doesn't make mistakes, if he just is able to uh, manage that game, uh, let his offensive players basically have himself compliment his offensive players, let the defense play the defense, I think this is going to be a very good game. The Monday night football game could go, in my uh, opinion, two ways. The Dallas Cowboys winning in a close one or the Giants in a blowout. I just don't, I, I cannot see Dallas blowing up the Giants uh, in any way because I don't think, I really think that offensive line for the Giants has improved, opening up holes for Saquon Barkley, giving Daniel Jones enough time. Both of them have played well. That, to me, that's the formula, so we'll see how Cooper Rush does.
0: I think this is one of the biggest games for the New York Giants in a few years. I think their crowd's going to be fanatical. Uh, Dallas is a rival, but I still think it's they're 2-0. They could go to 3-0 to keep pace with the Philadelphia Eagles. The line is now the Giants giving one. I like the Giants to, to pull it off. The, the Dallas Cowboys still have injuries on the offensive line. They are getting Michael Gallup back, so now they have another wide receiver. Cooper Rush, let's see if he can do it two, two times in a row. I think the biggest key is going to be, can those young tackles of the Giants handle Michael Parsons? Because Michael Parsons can single-handedly disrupt anything that's going on in that backfield. So last year, they knocked um, Daniel Jones out of the game with his concussion and whiplash that ruined the rest of his season. Uh, he's probably going to want to play well. Right. I think the best bet about tomorrow is under the 39. I think it's a low-scoring game. Mm-hmm. I can see it being 21, 14, 20 to 13, something along those lines. I don't expect it to be very high scoring. and I would take the under on that one. If I had to pick somebody, I'd go to the Giants. Now before we transition into Ernie's closing thought, Ernie on Friday night in Los Angeles, history was made as Albert Pujols hits two home runs, 699 and 700, to become just the fourth person in Major League history to hit 700 home runs. And when you think about the fact that there's so much controversy surrounding Barry Bonds, if you eliminate Barry Bonds from that discussion, there is now Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, and Albert Pujols—that is remarkable when you think about the pantheon that he's now living in, in the in the history yeah, exactly. of Major League
1: Baseball. Exactly, and I mean, and I, I am so I am so proud of him being a, a Cardinals fan. Uh, his first eleven years uh, being with the Cardinals, and then after they win the World Series, he takes the the big cash offer to go to the Angels. In my opinion, if he stayed with the St. Louis Cardinals. We'd be talking most home runs of all time, in my opinion. Uh, This is his 23rd season, like I mentioned earlier, Uh, his first 11 with the the Cardinals. His worst year was 32 home runs. That was his worst year with the Cardinals. Uh, Two thirds of his home runs came on when he was with the Cardinals, Uh, 466. If you take out the the previous eleven years when he was with your Dodgers and the Angels, he'd still be thirty six all time on home runs. I mean, that's how incredible his his uh, tenure with the Cardinals was. I am just so glad that he came back to become a seven hundred uh, club member with the team that uh, he had know, his most he had, yeah he had the, his most success with.
0: Yeah, I I agree and I think it was so nice that he did it in Los Angeles. I mean, he gives the Dodgers credit last year after he was asked for his release from the Angels, he went to the Dodgers, and that whole playoff push and playing in the playoffs just rejuvenated him again, made him want to come back for one more year, and now he's their hottest hitter. I mean, he's not just playing, he is their hottest hitter and has now hit over 20 home runs in 18 different seasons, tying Hank Aaron uh, and Barry Bonds for the most all time. And just, again, the stats are ridiculous when it comes to Pujols, but only he and Hank Aaron are the only ones to have 700 home runs and 3,000 hits. He is third on the all-time RBI list as well, behind Hank Aaron uh, and Alex Alex Rodriguez. So you're talking about an all-time great. And the best part about Albert Pujols is that he's an all-time great person Mm -hmm. as well. He's widely beloved By all teams, Dave Roberts, the Dodger uh, manager on Friday, when the pitch came in and Pools hit it and he knew it was out, Dave Roberts reacted like every fan did, like, oh my gosh, and then he realized what he was cheering for the other team and (laughs) quickly brought his hands back down and made like he wasn't excited. But all the Dodgers were because he meant a lot to them the short time that he was there. And they've already clinched everything yeah and they won the game and, and they know the cardinals won 11-0 that day um but albert pujos congratulations you've been my favorite player in major league baseball for the last 20 years um from the day that you started playing for the cardinals and i'm not even a huge cardinal fan I'm a huge Albert Pujols fan. We're still waiting on Aaron Judge. He did not hit a home run over the last four days. Seems to be pressing yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's what I think he's doing. He going. was swinging at the first pitch so many times. He enters this week still at sixty one behind Maris uh, for the all-time American League record. But that being said, we're going to transition again. This is Ernie and Monty with the Sports Rivals. Ernie, where are you going with your closing thoughts? You know, there's been such turmoil for me this week. I mean...
1: <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous I mean, from the E-Made uh, Udoka story to You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, Losing on Thursday Night Football uh, To Rob Williams of the Celtics uh, Still battling still knee battling issues and, uh, Yeah, still battling knee issues going uh, Getting an arthroscopic surgery First anticipated to be out Four to six weeks Now it's eight to twelve so we probably won't see them in uh, maybe until twenty twenty three. Uh, but what's really grasped at me—I mean, what really caught my attention this year—is how many fans uh, and how they use social media to put a lot of uh, misinformation out there. Because when I was when I was reading all this stuff. I mean, there is just so much misinformation in regards to uh, what's happening with the Ime Adoka story uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers and on on who's going to be starting at quarterback. What's the reasons behind this and that? Uh, It's crazy. And it really didn't dawn on me uh, how unfactual Twitter can basically be. And I'll give you a big time example on the Ime Adoka story. Uh, issue there were like five or six women when the news came out that uh, his uh, the allegations were with a Boston Celtics staffer everyone hit the internet in regards to okay who works for the Boston Celtics that's female and all these women were dragged through the mud in regards to this some of them had, had had, had to post out uh, on their own Twitter pages, just to say that even though they weren't, you know, really social media darlings, that they weren't the woman involved, you know, but, you know, everybody was saying this and that about them. Uh, it, it was it was terrible. I mean, if, if you watch if you watched uh, a lot of the news, Stephen A. Smith had an argument with, uh, you know, Mad Dog. No, Malika.
0: Oh okay. Yeah,
1: so uh, basically, Malika was uh, defending the woman's side on top of this. Uh, Stephen A. came back and just said something about misinformation. I think he's gonna. Everybody started talking about that. That their their combative argument, uh, making Malika look a little bit silly in in that regards. I think when the dust is cleared in this whole. Uh, Stephen A. is going to be backtracking on all his words on top of that. I don't even know. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't even know what's happening. There is just so much misinformation, bad uh, bad commentary in regards to posting opinions, not facts, uh, especially in something as serious as what EMA is going through on a lesser extent. Uh, losing your job in in, in Mitch Trubisky's uh, case, as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, I I really think social media is out there for the entertainment purposes, and for for most of all, just getting information. Let's leave this to the pros. You can speculate. Make sure you put it out as as specul speculations. A lot of these people are putting it out there as 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 facts. Right. And I know there's the vernacular now that facts is facts. Facts to this generation is not facts. Uh, I've noticed that. I mean, they'll, they'll put out opinions and end their statement saying facts. And facts, I'm sorry, facts today is not like facts what it is uh, when I was growing up. It's, it, facts today are more like opinions. So my thought basically comes to, part, to the point is... Let the professionals, let the people like the world, like the uh, like the institutions themselves who are in the news, uh, break all this because you can you can hurt a lot of people. Not that Mitch, Mitch Trubisky's feelings will get hurt if he does get uh, replaced as as quarterback and, and whatnot. I mean, I I I I, I seen one where uh, uh, a scenario where Pickett came in. Pickett did terrible, so they put back Trubisky, but now Trubisky is uh, more shell-shocked now because he doesn't want to make a mistake and lose his job again, and the Pittsburgh Steelers fall to, you know, 5 and five and 12. I mean, that's the scenario that, that can happen. Let Tomlin do his job. He's a coach that's been, you know, very... If his career ended now, he'd be, he'd be a Hall of Fame coach. He hasn't had a losing team. He's there... Every single day, he knows what he's doing. If he's going to err, let him err because the man deserves it. We're all armchair quarterbacks, you know, giving our opinions out there. Not to say that we cannot give our opinions, but just put it out there. This is our opinion. Okay. Don't put it out there that this is, this should be out there. And to a, to a greater extent with the Ime Adoka story. So that's basically, it's, it's been very frustrating. I'm like every fan out there. I want to know. I wanna know what's happening, but I do respect the fact for there's privacy issues. I do respect the fact that uh, there could be legality issues. I do respect the fact that there are just personal feelings out there. And yes, I wanna know, this is the information. Yes, I wanna know this. Yes, I wanna know that. But I'm not gonna speculate. I'm not gonna do my research and put it out there for everyone to see in this generation where it's to see me first, TikTok out there, look at me, look at me, look at me, trying to break out the first thing and it, at an irresponsible uh, uh, form where it can hurt other people. That's just, that's the frustrating part about it. I know I'm rambling right now, but it's just something that it really irked me when I saw those people. Cause I, 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 I follow Boston Celtics media the, you know, the women out there whose, whose reputations got tarnished because or having of having to defend
0: themselves when they didn't yes, do anything wrong. Yes, yes. It, 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 they it, all have it, families. It, they have kids. They have it, husbands.
1: It's ridiculous. I mean, even, who knows? Maybe their husbands believed it. You know,
0: and now there's...
1: Strife. Exactly. You're right. Exactly. I
0: I totally agree. I mean, I think we live in the digital world. In the digital world, again, it's a matter of sometimes it's not a matter of getting the story right. It's getting the story first. And if you get the story first and you drive likes and you drive attention, that's what people are after. Some people, you know, some people are not uh, really interested in getting it right. But that's the problem with our society right now. That's why we're so divisive. Uh, Social media has many wonderful side points, um, but it also has some negative side points. So Ernie clearly bothered by the events of this week. The Steelers losing, the Emil Doka situation has really weighed on his mind. A lot going on this week. I mean, we've covered a tremendous amount today from the President's Cup to Albert Pujols to the NBA top 10 rankings to our picks to the top five Man, what a week this was. What a week this has been. Ernie, anything else you want to cover before we sign out? I'm good. All right. So, gang, we want to encourage you to check out our friends on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, Kuule Agbayani and Alan Mia, daily, 8 to 9 a.m. in Hawaii. Again, that's 7:60 a.m., 95.1 FM on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Check them out on a daily basis. You can check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcast on IG and Facebook. sports rivals pod on twitter and until next week for ernie i'm and the sports rivals are out thank you for joining us on the sports rivals podcast check us out on social media at sports rivals podcasts on instagram and at sports rivals pod on twitter where you can share topics you'd like to hear